Welcome to the J2 Hub podcast, where we focus on everything from property development, hot entrepreneurially business topics, and real-life scenarios facing business owners just like you and I. Brought to you by James Sahota, we bring you exciting real-life property, business and entrepreneurially related hot topics, and that little bit more. Welcome, everyone. Um, we're live. We're live on everything. Yeah, perfect. So, welcome to episode sixteen. Sixteen. Sixteen of the property duo. James has had his weekly or bi-weekly haircut. So, dude, that's very... four months. What's four months? Oh, this celebrates four months today. Is it it's our like four an month? Anniversary. Yeah, it's like an anniversary. The four-month anniversary. I mean, well, congratulations, us. Big up us for for four months of. Or me putting up with you, frankly. Let's let's be honest. Um, so today's topic is tenants. I think we've spoken a lot about like you know the beginning bit of property, the middle bit. We've still got loads left to talk about, but we've never really spoken about the the, the sort of the end or you or what you hope is the end, uh, and our experiences with tenants because they are humans, and humans by their nature are very 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 annoying. Um, but they pay the bills and they allow your portfolio to exist if you have rental. So we want to talk about our experiences, finding tenants, managing tenants, and just generally like our thoughts and feelings on tenants and some of our horror stories, perhaps. I'm sure um, James has horror stories. He found some interesting paraphernalia today in one of his HMOs. Um, so I'm sure he can, he can talk through that. But before we get into that, before we get into that, James, are we going to talk about the HMO experience now? Let's talk about it near the end. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's have a weekly recap. How's your week been, buddy? My buddy. um, (laughs) You know who you remind me of? Don't say. Don't say. (laughs) You're Chabadiji. I knew you was going (laughs) to say that. I'm the mayor of Harshlow. (laughs) You're not Del Boy, you're Dal Boy. You literally, you are... You're Chaddy in the house, (laughs) Chabadi. You're Chabadiji. Anyone listening to this podcast... You know you're agreeing with me, and I can see everyone in the Zoom is like, "Yep, dude." My yes. my wife, my wife is fascinated with Chibadi G. She he's loves so him. funny. He yeah, is like yeah. he he makes um people just do nothing. He makes that he's so incredible. He needs to be more famous. Big up my local boy, uh, Mayor of Hounslow. So Chibadi. yeah, my <laughs> my week um it's been interesting. I had a property that's had a few problems after the tenants moved in because of previous work from bad builders. So what was a let's replace a 12 quid part on a boiler became let's replace another 12 quid part on a boiler and became the whole thing is fucked. So that's now gone from, you know, 150 quid day rate for the, for the gas man, 30 quid of parts to 300 quid labor and 650 pounds for the boiler and parts. So it's gone from, you know, this to a grand and a little bit. Um, and I think, you know, it's one of these things where it's just weird. I've had the heating on in that house for three months straight. Yeah, my bills were mad. But I just had it on to keep it, you know, low, keep it warm. And there weren't any problems. And then sort of it kind of happened and it got a gas safe certificate. But just something to note from everyone, a gas safe doesn't, you know, mean it's going to run for months and be okay. It just yeah, means yeah. for the hour or so they're there on the property, it, it worked. And, you know, as much as you can you can't say to them, can you sit there all day and wait? They should, but whatever. Um, So gas safes don't mean that it's fully functioning. It just means it's safe. There's no leaks. There's no issues, but it doesn't, I said there's no leaks. There's no dangerous leaks of gas or things like that. 
there could still be water leaks. So, you know, don't just rely on that. Whereas an electrical safe certificate, I think is a lot better, even though it's not even mandatory, well, it is becoming mandatory now, because that really goes through every single thing and tests everything. So they are different. And yeah, gas safe certificates are not the the sort of the sign that you have a great boiler. So yeah, uh, transform that. And I've been going back and forth with the tenant to try and work that out. Um, And Otherwise, just dealing with, you know, if you snags on a property, big up Mario went and checked some of the um, one of my properties for me is going to check some more for me this week. So it's good to have someone on site who can just send videos, be very, very critical. Um, my the build that you funded or you got funded for me it was meant to start on Monday, but the great plaster drought of 2020 has returned for the second spike or trough. So we're going to have to start with the outside work, the guttering, the stairs, bits and bobs whilst we're waiting for plaster because it's sort of holding up it's holding up actually most of my jobs so Mm. british gypsum thank you for nothing uh and uh yeah otherwise it's been a fairly stressful um week with the usual bit of anxiety and and challenges but i feel pretty tranquil i've had a stomachache for seven days which is nice um yeah, I play tennis on Sunday, James. I play tennis. Can you, I play tennis. I know you can tell by the, the tennis shoulder, but yeah, mate. Ten, it's been... Tennis elbow, you mean? They're not dry. <laughs> right, James, that's that's my week. Nothing too eventful, I don't think, apart from our exciting news that we're going to share later. Well, I've had a great over week. To you. Yeah, over I've to had you. a great week, man. I've had a great week. So um, last Friday... 6pm we completed on the four houses so we now own a four four extra houses that are being converted into HMOs so su- super excited about that finally got there again those were deals that never came to the market uh, nobody ever saw them on right move they were straight from an agent to myself uh, it just goes to say building up a relationship with an agent is um, you know very very important because it pays dues later on down the line uh, it may not at the time when you're talking to them or being quite nice to them and doing things but yeah it was I'm super excited that we we've completed on those because it's been a long time coming we lost it once and it came through so we got those really looking forward to starting those uh, I've got multiple extra strategies planned with those because I don't really know what I'm going to do with them at the moment I might even try and offload them if I can you know I'm thinking maybe yeah. make a quick buck on them um way the market is but you know lots of uncles talking this and that saying this is going to happen that's going to happen not that we ever listen to uncles but hey um the other exciting news you might have seen it on my instagram live yesterday was this the first time i've ever done a live tech first time i've ever done a live i could tell it was really amateur yeah yeah no shut up (laughs) (laughs) no it was i was proud of you i could tell you were a bit nervous is this working hi everyone just jumping on a live it was cute man (laughs) shut up what a toss for anyway so i did the live and it was great yeah so i'm super happy i finally finally watched the last tenant leave yesterday and you know what it was quite emotional because i've become a t- although those tenants haven't paid the agent any rent i've become quite emotional you know i've become quite emotionally attached to them because they've you know i've, heard, I've listened to their pains i've listened to some of the stuff they've gone through their life stories and some of them have had some really challenging times you know so little old james here they were kind of resonated with him a little bit. So sad to see the last one go, but nevertheless, really happy to get my house back. I did a live yesterday. If you saw it, you would have seen the shit down the walls, which is what I wanted to show you on the live. Remember I told you about that toilet leak? Oh yeah, actual shit, yeah. great. Yeah, so there's doo-doo coming down the down the walls. <laughs> um, some of you has got to meet my mum, who was there. Super mum was there yesterday, just getting rid of stuff. And she was just crazy. She was on one yesterday. She just 
clearing the place out. She's like, no way is this house staying like this for longer than it needs to. Um, my, my son was down there yesterday trying to help out as well, but he's been more of a nuisance looking forward to his McDonald's rather than helping. I think he was um, crying because you made him do work. <laughs> Did you see that? Video? I didn't want to publicly post that video, but yeah, I, I made him help me take some tools out of the garage and load up the car and come and help us. And he was crying all the way through because he had some online gaming tournament that was more important than helping his little old dad. I, I feel his pain though. I feel his pain, man. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's good. He's 10 years old. He's old enough to work. He's old enough to have a job. I think he needs to start paying his dues. So it's he's old enough to have a job. I, I, is that he's like, listen, he's is old enough to have a job with me. <laughs> okay. I had a paper round when I was 10. Okay, fine. Like, yeah, I just want to make sure you're not promoting child labour. No, 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 no. He's old enough to work. I'm sorry. He is old enough to work with fine, me. Just, just yeah. a disclaimer. Thank you. So, yeah, so really looking forward to starting this HMO now, um, just getting it all cleared out. Um, and also, big up our boy Andrew, who came all the way from Cardiff. Man like. all the way from Cardiff to give me a quote on my job. And this guy, the minute he walked in, he knew exactly what I wanted, looked around the job. Uh, I think we spent more time having a coffee and a sandwich after and having a bit of a chat than actually talking about the job. But I'm super, super excited there. Do you know what? One thing is, it just goes to show you how hungry some people are, you know, to succeed. Mm. And he's one of those guys, man, who jumps in a van, travels three and a bit hours to London to see a job. And to quote, not to even do the job, just to quote. To quote, exactly. You know, I can't get people three miles down the road that want to come down. Oh, you know what? It's too far. So what? What do you mean it's too far? This is a good job, man. This is this is a big job. No, brother, you know what? I'll come see you next. You know when that brother line comes out? (laughs) It's all right, brother. I'll come and see you next week. Listen, number one, you're not my brother. Stop calling me brother. And I know you're not going to turn up the minute you say brother. Yep. Um, so, yeah, yeah. That was it for me. Uh, really looking forward to getting it started, though, man. It's been yeah, a long time yeah. coming. I mean, yeah, we're looking forward to showing the people as well on our, on our HMO experience, which we'll get to, showing them your HMO going from literally a shithole, or there is a hole with a shit in it, so it's a shithole, to being... I assume an amazing, well-designed, incredible HMO at the end of it. So no pressure. Um, yeah. Cool. James, let's talk about tenants. I think maybe you should start because as you said, you know, you got emotionally connected to these tenants. You formed a bit of a bond with them. You know, was it like watching the Porsche get taken away on the truck? Was it like that when they left? Was it the same parallel? No, or? No, no, not just... really. Not really. Not really. No, yeah, the Porsche. Not, not, that, not that much pain. Yeah. <laughs> oh my <laughs> that's bad that's bad <laughs> so anyway then, so with these tenants so like your experience with these tenants right was that they didn't not they didn't they didn't pay rent right and of course naturally our instinct as business people if someone doesn't pay our invoice if someone doesn't pay us rent it's what the fuck are you doing you owe us and i'm sort of with that because if you're providing a service someone needs to pay for it I've, i have no if someone doesn't pay their their rent fuck off like simple as that however you were unaware of the situation that made them not pay their rent. So maybe talk me through that situation and then maybe the human side of how you connected with them and realized, actually, I can see why you're not paying the rent. Yeah. So do you know what? I think I want to start with something a little bit off top. Well, not off topic, but I think it's very important. I think, you know what? Too often that, well, I don't, do you know what? I don't actually like that word tenant because you see all these programs on TV, slumlord, you know, landlord, slum tenant tenant next door that doesn't pay and all this nonsense i think tenants get a bad name and you know what ultimately what you got to realize is without that tenant you ain't really got a business you know because your tenant 
is the one that's taking on your product and paying you money. And something my mum said to me yesterday, which was really, really weird. She goes to me, she goes, you know, back in the days, she goes, the old guys would say that it's not easy earning rent from a tenant. And I thought, what do she mean by that? And she goes, look, she goes, it's never been easy back in the what even now to earn money from a tenant because you've got to provide a certain standard of living. And I think she was referring to the house when she's looking around it saying it's not easy. You know, obviously it was a shit tip. And I think too often us people as landlords or investors, developers, we put the tenant in a bad flipping box, man. It's always the tenant's fault. It's always the tenant's fault. And you know what? I've come to realize that nine times out of 10, it probably is their fault. But you know what? There's that small percentage of tenants that are really, really genuinely nice people. And I've got it. I've got it in certain properties where I have no problem with rent. You know, I've had tenants reach out and say, look, I know COVID's going on. Uh, I just want to reassure you that we're not going to be stopping any rent because we don't need to. And what a lovely message to get from a tenant. You know, sent them a £50 Amazon voucher for that just to say, hey, thank you. Been thinking about you. And just random gesture of goodwill, you know? And you think, That'll go a long way because when renewal comes up and her rent goes up a little bit, <laughs> um, she's going to think he's a great guy. But anyway, so it got me thinking, why did these guys stop paying rent, Ted? You know, And when I went around that house, within 10 minutes, I knew exactly why they stopped paying rent. Come on, having shit coming down a wall, I think is a great reason to stop your rent. I think definitely. I, I agree with you there. Yeah. 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 So, and then listening to the pains that they've had, a washing machine that never, I paid for a brand new washing machine, ordered it to the letting agent's place. They were going to get their guy to go around and install it. Washing machine never turned up. I've got a delivery note saying a washing machine was delivered to the agent's office. And these guys are telling me about a year, well, six months later, uh, we haven't had a washing machine for six months. I'm like, what? What do you mean? I ordered one like within days for you. Anytime there was an issue, I addressed it my end. But these guys were never addressing it their end, which was a little bit naughty. Um, and then, you know, little things like a HMO is supposed to have a cleaner. There was no cleaner, bruv. No cleaner at all. You know, I'm talking muck on the floor, like flies, mice. Are you nasty? Bed bugs. I've never, what the hell? They had brand new beds in there. Where the hell did bed bugs come from? <sighs> And that's, that can only be an issue where it hasn't been cleaned properly, right? I, I assume so, yeah. Or if they haven't had a, a wash, a what the thingy washing machine, then what? Oh, they yeah, so, so yeah, they're bed, they're bedding with, I guess. So the yeah. bottom line is, man, we're too quick to judge a tenant and say it's a tenant's fault. Sometimes you need to take, you know, a, a kind of a back seat and kind of see it from their point of view. And I think number one tip is whenever you've got an issue with a tenant and you've got a management agent involved or a letting agent involved, a letting agent will tell you all kinds of shit, man. They will tell Mm -hmm. you that the sky is blue outside when it's not blue. They'll tell you everything, yeah, that you want to hear. Sometimes it's easier just to knock on the door and speak to a tenant and say, hey, man, listen, listen, what's Mm. up? Let's let's sit down and have a quick coffee. Tell me what's going on. Because I can tell you one thing, that tenant's not going to bullshit you. Because if he's got a problem, he's going to tell you exactly what his problems are. And I think very few tenants will stop paying rent unless there is an issue. It might be an employment issue. It might be the way the house is. Or there might just be their personal circumstances, you know? Somebody, I remember one of the tenants telling me that, look, um, he's... uh, his child support has increased. So he's got to pay his, uh, as he called her, his baby mama, 
some extra money. <laughs> so I'm thinking, all right, you know, he's got to pay us some extra money. He's only earning a certain amount of money. He's not asking me, can I give him a discount? He's saying, can you defer it for a little while? And I'll drib it to you. I'd rather have a little bit drib to me than not have it at all. You know, sometimes I suppose you've got to work with these people as well and, and realize where they're coming from. So another hot tip, sometimes don't believe what the letting agent or the, or the management agents telling you, because sometimes it can just be a load of shit because you've got to remember they're earning their commission every month and they're going to tell you whatever they can to earn that commission. Yeah, I agree. And you know, this is why I self-manage because at the end of the day, I don't need a middle person to tell me what the tenant's telling me. Yes, it's helpful with issues because you have a middle person, which can actually be useful. But a lot of the time, you know, they don't care about your property like you do or the tenant like you do. They see it as, oh, that's that address. That's Mr. and Mrs. This. That's one of 200 properties. Oh, whatever. Just tell him. He lives 400 miles away. Just tell him it's fine. No one cares. When actually you yourself are going to be a lot more responsive and, and even a lot more human. You know, like if there's an issue, I don't know. I think it's, it's something that I, I don't enjoy it necessarily, but when I like, you know, with, with this tenant, we've had not heating and not hot water for about 24 hours. And he was sort of kind of complaining. And I said, look, there's nothing I can do. I'm really sorry. Blah, blah. And we just had a, we had a proper chat and just sort of, you know, I sent him a voice note and kind of just explained, look, I'm totally with you. I totally agree. But, and just kind of talked it through. And it was all good. And rent was paid as is. You know, he could have said, well, we haven't had heating. We're not paying rent. But he didn't because it's his obligation and his responsibility. But I know a letting agent would have said, hi, we're really sorry for your inconvenience. Bye. Not three minutes of me being like, look, it's my you know house. It's your home. I totally understand where you're coming from. You know, next time, what I'll do is I'll order an Amazon heater next day or I'll tell the plumber to bring you. Let you. So it's it's all about like, we are problem solvers as entrepreneurs and you know, we shouldn't, we're property investors. We're not managing agents, but okay. If I have to spend, you know, I've got 12 properties now, most moving up to most are let. If I have to spend, I don't know, a couple of hours every month, sending a voice note, sending a text, texting John and saying, Oh mate, can you just run over and just fix the pipe? Send me an invoice. I mean, and to make thousands of pounds a month, but do nothing else. I don't know about you, but I'm not complaining because I kind of need something to do or else I get bored, but also it strengthens a relationship. And that Amazon thing you said, fantastic idea. I'm definitely going to do that with two of my tenants because they've always paid. And if they had to pay like over a split because of Corona or something over like a day later, they were like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, look, do your thing. Like let's work this out. Whereas an agent would just be so formal with it. They wouldn't, you know, you, you may not want to get too personal with your tenants. And I don't like, but I think there has to be a certain level because, you know, most landlords or most agents are just a faceless corporation. They don't text and they don't know what they look like. They don't know anything about them. Right. But if you just do something slightly different and it could still be email or text, but just talk to them normally, they're like, Oh, this landlord, like I've had tenants say to me, you're the best landlord I've ever had. And I've rented for 30 years. I'm like, I've been in this game for like a year now. How am I the best landlord you've had? That's not a compliment to me. That's offensive to the wider industry of how shit yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, which actually shows us that to be better, you don't have to do that much. You just have to be a nice human, which is mad. But I guess that's the old school view. And maybe like our generation, I say our generation, you know what I mean? Um, bring in a different... Watch it, watch it. Watch it. <laughs> bring in a different level of... Um, 
communication, you know, it's like a fintech versus a bank. There's a huge difference in how they operate and how we feel about them. But they do the same shit, give or take, except fintechs aren't as corrupt as banks yet. Um, so, James, finding tenants, right? So we've, we've kind of said that, you know, we've got tenants and generally speaking, we have the majority of our tenants are good. And even your ones who didn't pay rent were probably still good tenants, but the house wasn't good. When it comes to finding a tenant, because that's where the the problem or the solution or the it's like cure or prevention don't rush into finding a tenant. Don't just go for the first tenant. You obviously want to find a good tenant. What are your tips or even your experiences with like finding tenants? Do you do it? Do agents do it? How do you kind of, how do you get good tenants at the start? I think first of all, you've got to ask your question, uh, ask yourself the question. Number one is, are you going to have a management agent or a letting agent manage these for you? Or are you going to self manage them? If you're going to use a letting agency, I would say you need to do your research on the letting agency. Now, it's quite easy to do that these days. Yeah, You just type their name into Google, read their reviews. Yeah, And also, what you want to find out is how long have they been going? How long have they been about? Um, give you an example. My house over in Southwest, the new one that we let out. Now, we could have put that up with the number of letting agents that were charging us quite a lot lower than the, these guys. I mean, these guys were charging us about 13%. But there's a very good reason for that. They've been around a long time. They know the area and their vetting process, it, man, their vetting process was just amazing. I'll give you an example. So the first woman who wanted to take on the place, they vetted her all up. Her income all came up, everything. As soon as they did a credit check on her, she had one CCJ against her for a mobile phone contract when she was 18. It was for a bill that was missed because she wasn't there. Something happened. She got a judgment on it. They rejected her for that. If you think about it, this woman was 36 now. So from the ages of 30, thing, it, sorry, it was still showing up on her file. And, you know, it's not, it's, it's a minor, but for to them, it was big enough for them to reject this person because she didn't pass their tenants referencing. She even offered to pay the rent for the whole year up front and they still rejected her because their words to me was, look, James, if you want to take the risk and take her on, our insurance doesn't cover it because she's got that against her on her file. Their insurance doesn't cover it. They said they're going to put a caveat in the contract saying that you took her on. If there's ever a problem in the future where she stops paying, that's totally down to you. As annoying as this was, I thought, man, she's about to sign up for three years and pay for a whole year. Who doesn't want that? Everybody wants that. But then alarm bells in the back of my head started ringing, thinking, okay, you know what? Did I just see some stripy socks? <laughs> Yeah, you did. That was very quick. My phone just collapsed on me. But come yeah. on, come on. You got to show those stripy socks now to what? everybody. No, listen, they're just they're the yellow stripy <laughs> socks. Aren't okay, okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, so I was really like annoyed at first, but then I thought to myself, no, this is the difference between an agency that really cares. They got a set vetting process and they gave me an agency credit check, you know, and it shows you like green traffic lights, red, green, uh, yellow on what their ratings are like, their employment rating, and they have to have an up-to-date employer's reference. And it's nice to see that. It's reassuring for you to see that because you're thinking, you know, uh, I've just spent all this money on this house and someone's really, really vetting this person properly. So my tips are, if you're using a letting agency or a management agency, you want to find out what process they've got in place. What are they going to let slip or what are they not going to let slip? The good ones will let nothing slip because it's tied to their insurance, especially if they're offering you some kind of rent guarantee. 
rent guarantee, I know a lot of the policies will only cover it if um, the tenant is vetted and they've got nothing on their credit file that will come off. Now, if you're managing it on your own, sorry, before I get to managing it on your own, to give you an example, the guy, where these guys have moved from my house, Tej, into these rooms that I found them, it's a rent to rent. Some young guys have rented the property. They're doing a rent to rent. Dude, they did no credit checks whatsoever. Nothing. Nice. Lovely. Nothing. Asking for trouble, aren't you? They rang me up. They rang me up and they said, how are these guys? I said, they're fine. And they go, okay, we'll take oh, them. And that was it. That was it. They took them on. Yeah. So it goes to show you that at this side of the scale, you've got someone who will reject someone on a mobile phone contract. You've got someone on this scale who will just take the word of somebody saying, yeah, they're all right. That's you know? ridiculous. Like you're just asking for, tr- I mean, I don't agree with either approach because you know what? It's, it's, I don't understand how you can miss a CCJ on your record, how you can't be aware of it and how you can miss pretty serious letters from the government saying, we're going to put a CCJ in your name for those many years. I get that. But, I, depending on the rest of her profile, I would be inclined to accept someone like that. Um, and as long as there was a guarantee that they were going to then redeem that CCJ or pay it off, which is weird. If it's a mobile phone, but it's like 15 quid, why they even put a CCJ is just mad for over 15 quid. Um, I personally would look at it differently. And I know that my agent would always bring that to me and say, Ted, look, this has been flagged up. What do you think of this? Otherwise, it's pretty clear she's good. She's offering this. She's offering that. What do you reckon? And of course, like you said, it's up to me to make that decision. But I would look at it as a bigger picture. And say, say if it was a CCJ for like scamming someone, yeah, out the door, you're gone. But if it, you know, if it's like a CCJ for something so small, like or a parking ticket, I'm kind of I always take a view on it, right? And I always and sometimes I say to the agent, listen speak to them and, and get, give me some context. Give me some story. You know, what is this for? Why haven't they noticed this? Are they going to now sort of pay it off? How has it not affected their previous credit? Things like that. So I think, and this shows the differences that James is, is sort of happy to say, no, I would maybe consider it more. His agent isn't happy. My agent is that it all depends on you and what you're comfortable with. Ted, right? Ted, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I wanted to say yes to her, but I was just thinking my insurance company, number one, said we wouldn't cover her. The agent's insurance company saying, no, we wouldn't cover her. So I'm thinking, you know what? As nice as she seemed, I'm not taking a chance on it, you know? And to be fair, the following guys that came around, their references were just amazing. You know, everything was green and they've been really, really good tenants. But getting back to my point, if you're managing it yourself, there are a couple of things I would do. I would put it on straight onto spare room if you've got a hmo stick it onto spare room or stick it onto open rent now the beauty of open rent is it gets your property out onto uh zoopla and onto right move so it gets it a much bigger audience and it only costs you something like 30 quid or 40 quid for a small period of time and yeah. also what open rent do is when somebody applies and you shortlist that person you think you know what i'm going to go with these guys open rent for 40 quid offer you a full tenants referencing service so they put it through their own systems, uh, which I think are insurance backed, and they will actually reference the tenant for you and say, okay, you know what? This adds up, employment adds up, this record adds up. We think they're a good shout to take on. So they give you that peace of mind. So it's not just a website where a spare room, I don't think spare room has anything like that. From what I don't I think it does. I think Open Rent also can do the AST, it can auto populate it, it can digitally sign it now, it can basically do everything. It's, I mean, for the price you pay, it's pretty awesome. Now I self-manage, but I don't self 
select. Um, I live in a place where the it's very. I invest in a place where it's very kind of community focused. I need local agents or a localer agent to kind of know who's who in the community and who goes around stealing guitars and who sits at the front of their porch every day in their in their gown sniffing, etc. So you kind of need to know who's who. And I think depending on your area, the community piece is really interesting. In London, for example, where people are moving here from all over the world, all over the UK, I, I don't think it necessarily matters so much, but maybe say in the North or Wales or places like that, that local knowledge can be really, really important. And then plus, I don't pay a huge amount, again, same with solicitors, because of the business that I've actually now generated that agent. So, you know, it's the same thing, right? That actually, yeah, is my whole first month rent going to them? Nope. It's a small percentage of it because of the money that's being generated. So actually, people say, oh, you can save, you know, 300, 600 pounds in your first month. You can, but there are other ways to save that money. And I'd rather because I'm already doing so much. That's one aspect that I don't particularly care for in terms of I'm not passionate about it. Yes, I've been a recruiter and this is very similar, but I don't want to do that. So I will outsource it, but you know, open rent and things like this Gumtree, I mean, Facebook, the quality is a bit iffy, but you can do a lot for a little bit of money. And like, if I had a property on my road, would I use an agent? No, I'd be on open rent because I'd just pop over and it would be, it'd be easy, you know? So I think, when you're deciding, I, I had a I had a property at 200 meters from me, and I used an agent. <laughs> and look how it ended up, everyone. So exactly with a with a shitty wall. Yeah. So that doesn't mean don't use agents, but um, like you know, with also with the agents, right? As we're kind of moving along the journey here, like you need to track. Okay, when did they take pictures, and when is it live? Okay, that that's day zero. Every day after that is costing you interest. It's costing you lost rent. It's costing you whatever. So actually every single day is, is an issue and don't, don't get caught up on it, but you need to track it in a spreadsheet and you know, every week or every two weeks, if there's not much happening or you're like, Hey, you need to be like, what's going on. I posted something on Facebook. I had an agent take 81 days. This is my fault for not kicking them off sooner um, to find one tenant who failed um, referencing because overspending on their credit card and got like three or four CCJs on shopping. Now that's irresponsible in in my opinion, in my belief of like my money mindset. And she failed referencing anyway. So it was a no. Um, And I said to them, what 81 days, you got me one tenant. Now, yes, it was above market by 25 quid a month. And the next step was, oh, let's reduce it then. So fuck's sake. And these agents came recommended. I said, you know what? Do one. It was a 14 day clause in a contract. I basically said, look, I'm not following that. Um, We're done. Um, and they said, look, yeah, that's fine. I want you to find a tenant anyway. So go, I was like, okay, you didn't fucking help, did you? So gave it to my man, man like David. And seven days later had 10 viewings, six turned up. Um, and we had two offers, I believe. And one solid offer who absolutely loves the house. Um, and she moved in and it's great and it's all good. And that took seven. And this is during lockdown, by the way, um, seven days versus 81. I'm the idiot. I'm with stupid because I didn't track those 81 days. The agent's obviously an idiot. Um, I also took a property off them that I was selling with them, even though they weren't doing a bad job because I was like, nah, I'm not giving you any money, you're whack. So like, make sure you're tracking things if you're using agents. Um, and but you, know, you must have been really busy for 81 days if you didn't even look at it. I think, you know what? I was really busy. I sort of thought, well, 
it's lockdown. Some of my other properties are still taking a bit of time. Um, and you know what? I didn't track it. Only until then, I was like, hold on a minute. Because I was building up a bit of an argument to be like, you're shit. I was like, okay, it's taken that long. Um, and that's crazy because rental demand pretty much anywhere is huge, right? Especially for yeah, a nice, yeah. white, gray, you know, funky floor, new kitchen, new bathroom type place. So yeah, it really is my fault, you know, for not kicking them off earlier, you know? Um, but I think both these stories, like your HMO and this, just show that actually you do make mistakes, but people listening don't make these mistakes. Track everything. I track my, how long my conveyancing takes, how long my refurbs take. Don't even ask about that bullshit. Refurbs take way too long. Ask, track how long everything takes. So then you can- Do you track how many boilers you lose? <sighs> no, I don't, James. Okay. <laughs> No, I don't. But I'm looking no, forward. Dad joke. I'm looking. Yeah, it was definitely a dad joke, Uncle. I'm looking forward to your um your Worcester boiler. You're gonna get me Worcester. Yeah, I want the the big boy boiler. Um, yeah. So James, that that's I guess how to sort of find a tenant and make sure they're you know. You know what? A number one tip: don't rush into it. You don't, don't have rush. to. The, you don't have to accept the first person that turns up. Remember, you took a long time to sort this renovation out, or you've taken a long time to get this property to where it is a labor of love. You know, you've mm. put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into it. Definitely. So don't just take the first person who turns up with, there might be a slight doubt in your mind about it, you know? And, so, and you, know, you know what, James, just tell, you know what you said about letting agents, not telling you everything when they're finding you a tenant as well, they're not going to tell you everything. They're going to say, Oh yeah. Past referencing salary's fine. Ref, you know, reference like um, landlord references came back. Okay. We're all good. Can I see it? Oh no, you can't GDPR. Whose house is it? Don't get that shit from them. You are the landlord. GDPR does not exist when you're the landlord. It exists because you need to see the documents. So firstly, don't, if they say that, that's a warning sign. One, they're either thick or two, hiding something, right? Also, I always say, send me the reference, send me the the report. Um, My agent uses vouch, vouch vouch.co.uk. You can do them yourself, I think. Send me the report because you're saying the salary is okay. And, you know, I don't know what the multiplier is, like 2.25 the rent or something. But you have to also think, consider and say, right, okay, if the, if the um, rent is 10 grand a year and their salary is, let's say, 20 grand a year and they pass after tax, that's 16 grand a year. Um, are they going to then live off six grand over 12 months is that possible now look it might be possible where you invest it might not you need to think from your own perspective hold on even if you're a bit bougie ignore whole foods and waitrose just say could i live off six grand a year and if they have a child say okay could they support that child as well like or or there's one working one not how you need to actually say yeah the multiplier is good like but the multiplier realistically can they actually afford to pay the rent and live a good life because if they can't then what's the first thing they're going to stop paying? Yeah, okay, it might, yeah, yeah, it might not be. You'd hope it's not, but it's the easiest thing not to pay because tenants have way too much protection in this country. It's ridiculous. So that's, and, and a, lot of people, a lot of them know this. So they'll just stop paying because they can be there for three, four months. The council will say, oh, just stay there. We don't give a shit, bastards that they are. So really, it's very difficult for us as landlords to deal with that. So at the start, you, not, you don't take anyone in that house until you have given written permission to that agent that you accept these references. And if you're not happy and the agent's like, oh, well, we've spent like a week trying to find someone or spend another week then, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit. You're getting paid to do something, do it 
right. Okay, don't accept that from them. And if they're like whining, say, okay, I'll use your competitor then. Thanks for the business anyway. Appreciate your time, asshole. Bye. Right? So don't take shit from them and don't accept, oh, we can't send this. Oh, we can't do this. Oh, the markets, you're not going to find a tenant. Whatever. Rental demand is huge everywhere. Yeah. So it's it's, mm. it's very important for you to check things, man. It's like where I am now in my flat, I used to rent this out before. And it was funny enough, it was Repton's as well when they used to be okay, but now they're not. Mm. They said to me, yeah, we got a group of uh, four nurses that want to rent here. Young nurses working in the local hospital. I said, fine. You know what it turned out to be? They turned out to be pole dancers and they were running a flipping masseuse parlor here where people were coming in having specialist treatments done. Well, they're still nursing people better in some shape. Yeah, but mentally, still, listen, listen, when you've got Doris down the road who's telling you that men are arriving all time, because listen, Doris down there knows everything. She's been there a long, long oh, time. Oh, she's Doris's the uh, local community. I, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you know, she's saying, James, something's not right there. If you're not going there to check this out, there's always a problem. It's funny why my mate would always go around there and change the light bulb when that needed to <laughs> anything like that needed to it. But you've got to be so I mean, careful, man. It can be on your own doorstep and it can be so close to you. If you're not going in and physically looking yourself or listening, uh, you don't know what you've got in there. I agree. And actually, that's another point. Inspections. Um, most people do it every six months. When it comes to tenants, I will say to them, look, and obviously coronavirus pending, I've got I think a few inspections to do. I would say, look, I'm going, I'm going to come in at three months, six months, and then a year, right? Because I want to get in earlier three months and make sure there's no um, horticultural activity, should we say, going on or anything silly or they haven't kicked a door in or, you know, something, something stupid. And I also want to check the property because they may not notice issues. They may not notice like a damp patch. And I want to be like, I'm going to fix that. You know, some, mm-hmm. some people are, you know, I had these, these two lads are proper lads lads um in one of my houses and and there's a problem with the guttering in the roof and then that's conked the shower out and actually the sparky's gonna go fix it on friday and i said to them lads i'm really sorry the closest i can get a roofer is like friday and they told me on wednesday night i think i said does the shower work they were like no no i was like is there a shower thing on the bath they were like no no i was like i'm really sorry about the day they're like mate that's super quick thanks mate I, oh that's really good I was like, okay, firstly, what you're going to be bathing in? And secondly, (laughs) (laughs) secondly, what did your landlord do before? Say, oh, sorry, lads. Can you wait a month, please, for the shower? I was like, fuck, I need a roofer. I need a sparky. And they were just like, ah, mate, whatever. I was like, what are you wet wiping? What's the sponge bath in? What's the deal? There is a bath. You know, there's a bath there. Of course, they can use a bath. People do take baths. I I forgot. Um, So it's having that relationship and me even though even though i know yeah they're not bothered by this stuff if anything happens again i'm always going to be like dude i'm so sorry i'm getting someone there asap because it's the, the sort of right thing to do and i do feel bad you know you want to get someone there asap and you, you, you want to you know stop having to buy wet wax and stuff um you know just to just to add to that point ted uh, when you've got issues so i use something called inventory hive yeah piece of software what inventory hive is i use that to do a full inspection of the house before someone moves in list everything now the tenant then goes through this file and if there's anything they disagree with they just put a comment there a note what it does is at the end it generates a a report off which shows you that you two have agreed on this date that these are the mm-hmm. issues been recorded there's a little line here there's this there's that so you're perfectly happy and the other good thing is what i've said to my tenants now is um, especially in that new build london house if there's ever an issue use inventory hive to report it to me so they go in just last week, the woman said to me, 
not last week, a month ago, she said, look, there's a slight bit of dribby water coming in from the roof uh, window that you can walk on, the roof glass. So I thought, you know what? Let me get that address straight away. Got the window contract around there. He resealed it all because obviously he doesn't want a problem with it. Resealed it all. She's happy. We're happy on inventory hive. She's agreed. This has been done. She's happy with that. And it's all signed off and you've got a record of it. Because if there's ever something in the future where she says, I stopped paying my rent because of this, you can say, no, but it was addressed. You signed it for this. The other good thing I find about Inventory Hive is we had a small little issue in another house where there was a leak on a wall and we couldn't find the leak. She took pictures of it, sent it to me. I uploaded a job on Trust a Trader. Uh, sorry, you're my builder. Found someone, really good references, spoke to him. He went around there, sorted it all out, charged me 100 quid. She's happy. I'm happy. The job's done. I'm not stressing. She's not stressing. And everything's there registered, listed, and she's happy. You know, so little things like this. I always say to my tenants, if there's something you spot, tell me straight away because I want to get it addressed. I don't want it to become a massive issue. If it's small, I want to address it when it's small, not when the house is falling down. Yeah, that's a really good tip of a bit of technology to use there. And also proactive because a lot of you know tenants assume landlords are that same thing we said they're faceless they're not going to help they're just like oh whatever oh, we don't want to bother them in case they try and evict us like that's even easy to do or anything like that but it's a worry that they have especially if you read the daily mail all this crap so they are potentially fearful of telling us that something's wrong because they're like oh i don't want them you know blah blah so you have to set from day one look if something's wrong tell me it's not your fault if the guttering's fallen off. I mean, unless you've karate kicked it off, it's not your fault. So we will get it fixed. Um, and so I think it's like, it's important to really kind of set that tone with them. And actually just at a point, I'm setting up a, when all of these get let, I'm setting up a kind of VA function. I've made like a flow chart and instructions and videos that basically every tenant will have an email address and a WhatsApp number that they can WhatsApp or call and my number in extreme emergencies. And what they'll do is they'll WhatsApp or they'll email my VA and I'll have oversight of the inbox if I need to. He or she will then have the list of contacts for every type of job who are approved, who are pre-safe, who I know their prices are right. And basically, if there's any issues, it goes to the VA. Contractor gives a quote. I'll just say, tick, carry on. I'll get organized. It will be done. So actually, I'm going to outsource myself, but at the cost of you know, four or five pounds an hour ad hoc. But you got a so- you got a software that already does that, haven't you? What's there is that? software that uh, landlords use it. Sorry, um, letting agents use it. Oh, um, I looked like, into it a little while ago. The tenant I management software, like Arthur, Go Tenant, stuff, stuff like stuff, that. Yeah, you could have all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but does it automate the actual messages and does it respond back to the tenant and say hi, thank you, sorry for your email, blah blah blah? That is oh, the part. That's the part I'm I want sure is the human part. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If anyone but knows what's, any, WhatsApp groups know. are a big one, man. Big one. I I use them all the time, and uh, you know what? It's it's nice because if you've got a new tenant moving into a HMO as well, it's a nice way of introducing them to the group before they even moved in. They can have a bit of banter, and what you find is um, the WhatsApp groups are are really good because if there's an issue as well, people will report it to you. You know, and if they want to talk privately about another tenant who lives in that house, they'll private message you and let you know, you know what, this guy's been getting up to all sorts of stuff. So I find WhatsApp groups are quite personal and they're really, really good. But I would always say get your VA to manage your WhatsApp group because if you're too pally pally with your tenants, they will start for every single issue because they'll take the piss as well. Any mm-hmm. tiny issue and they'll start saying to you, I need a light bulb. Well, go to Tesco's, it's 60p, you know, whatever. Yeah, come, he come stole on, my cheese, yeah. 
standard. Yeah, that's, little yeah. things like that. So just be wary as well because it works in two ways. And actually, shout out to Maygreen. They use a VA to manage all their WhatsApp groups and like mm. just everything. And it, it takes it frees up so much time. You don't want to get involved in the nitty gritty. And that's that's something, you know, to do with HMOs in particular groups. Um, obviously, for Bytelets, if you've got one person in there, you just have a chat with them. Um, but you know what, James? I think something that's important to do, right, is if a tenant has, if you if a tenant's been found by an agent, or even if you found him yourself, when it comes up to that first month's rent, like, well, after, after they've paid the first month advance, when it comes to the second month, I send them an email or a text the day before rent is due, or when it's due, just to say, hey, just making sure you have the right bank details, you know, cybercrime and all that, um, for your standing order for the rent that's due today or tomorrow. So what I'm basically saying is, wink, this is a gentle reminder, but I'm also saying, look, I'm also wanting to confirm here's the bank details, and it serves as a reminder. Like I've had um, one tenant, these two lads with a shower, pay a day late on the, on the second month. I was like, what are you doing? Mm. And they're like, oh, we forgot to set up a standing order. Really, here's the proof. They literally 7 a.m. on the next day they did it. So I was like, okay, I'm not, but I'm now keeping an eye on them. Like they've they've already, although it was a, the card a is marked. Exactly. And that's not like, it's not to say that I'm going to hold a grudge. But again, next month, I will text them before and say, just to make sure you set up standing order, you know, because mm. we were late last month. Um, whereas with others, but this is the kind of thing I think you have to just keep a little note of because these little, little things can build up and can be issues, you know, and I don't think it will be, you know, from my conversations from them and things like that, but like, just have these little reminders. Um, but then, you know needed. what, you've got, you got stuff like go cardless as well. You could use stuff like that now. Yeah. But they take like a percentage, you know what I'm saying? I'm not about that. So I just, <laughs> yeah, I, didn't you <laughs> so I just set up the, I make them set up the standing order. Um, so James with, um, with tenants, I think, you know what, that the majority of tenants that I have are very good. There's been no issues. They're in it for the long term. Oh, my God. My Sorry, my, my phone just keeps falling. You really need to prepare better. You know that. You're always having a go at me for not doing this, for not doing that. Look it normally works. It normally yeah, is your vibe. It's your vibe. I bet you haven't, you, haven't even, you haven't even got a stand, have you? I bet you just propped it up like that because you're so tight to spend five quid on Amazon. I have got it propped up on my computer. The stand exactly. I there have, no, because the stand I have you are doesn't a tight fit ass. on this. I've actually got a Joby stand, which is like 12 quid. So I went premium. Well, Oh, you must have saved for a while for that. <laughs> I know buy to lets, <laughs> and you know you got to save a while for li- those little things. Um, so I think the majority of tenants are good and want to pay their rent. Well, the majority of tenants that you find and assess as being good are good and want mm. to pay their rent, things like that. Um, but you know you have to you have to track everything. And actually, as I get all these let i'm gonna look at a software you know like one of these bits of software maybe even hammock they, they seem really cool they're like a startup with a bank and also like a tracker check them out um to track these things because you don't want to leave it to memory and especially if there's a maintenance job to do you kind of want to have it logged against that job so you don't forget and like oh crap i haven't done that chimney it's been a week what's going on because you don't want to give people an excuse and understand that you know if you were in Nando serving food, right? Your customers, their opinion matters and their money matters. That's what pays course, the course. bills. And mm. I think some James that people do not think about, which people think about in tech startups and, and just startups in general is customer experience, CX or tenant experience or whatever you want to call them experience. Because do we think, how do they go from the advert to applying to having a conversation with the agent to being rejected to then the one that make it through 
How's their move-in experience? How's their first day experience? How's their experience with us and how are we handling things? What is that tenant, that TX, what is that tenant experience like? Because they are your customers. If we were in a, if we were in some startup, right, we would be looking at our ca- customer experience, our candidate experience and be like, oh, are people, you know, going the right stages? We'd have, we'd have software to analyze it. But in yeah, property, yeah. you're just like, no, oh, your tenant paid the money or else I'll evict victory, blah, blah, blah. It, that's just not how it works. Right. Um, so big up good tenants and big up good. Sorry, uh, okay. Vishal just said fix flow. Fix flow was that one that I was telling you about. That's fix a management. Okay. So, yeah. I'm gonna, you know I'm what, Joe? Look at that. Okay, just to add to this, yeah. Imagine how different landlords would be if they were being reviewed. If there was a reviewing system by a tenant who had mm. to review a landlord, would landlords quickly ship shape and sort themselves out? Of course Maybe. they would. Yeah. Yeah. So. If there was a trust pilot for landlord, because the first thing, if you see two stars on trust pilot, you're not doing that, are you? You're going to be well. Like, certain it. property trainers have two stars on trust pilot, and they make loads of money. So I don't know if people even realise that trust. Maybe there should maybe there should be a vetting process for for landlords as well. It's an interesting one, and you know what? I'm actually looking to rent my own property. Unfortunately, I have to leave. I have to leave the nest. Um, but like. When I'm looking at it, I'm thinking of things that I would want me to do as a landlord. And when I go to the agent, I'm going to ask them certain questions and look at the house and assess and say, right, tell me about the landlord. You know, most people don't. They just say, oh, rent a house. Yeah, here's the money. I'm going to say, no, no, no. Who is the landlord? Landlady? Tell me about them. What do they do? Where do they live? What's their approach? How, you know what I mean? Because, and more renters should maybe do that. You know, maybe, maybe it's the onus is on them to then ask and not just... Mm. Maybe it's the fear. Maybe it's the fear of asking, like, oh, I just really want to rent a nice place and just, you know, maybe it's like we're all just fucked, basically, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, no, how I, you. that's how I'd summarize just life anyway. But, right, so, James, let's, um, let's briefly talk about our HMO experience. Now, we, need, we need a jingle, don't we, for HMO experience? Oh, yeah, we'll get, uh, we'll get my VA to produce one because she does a lot of singing jingles, doesn't she? Oh, my God. What? Your VA is amazing. For, like, yeah, for campaigns. Runs your like, business, mate. She pretty much does now, man. She pretty much does. Were you going to say she does presidential campaign voiceovers? Basically, uh, jingles for him, yeah, in the Philippines, yeah. That is, I mean, wow, you've got a celebrity <laughs> VA. I have, man, I have. I'm Impressive. holding her close. Impressive. So, um, let's talk about James. HMO experience, what is it? Right, so the HMO experience is um, a thing that me and Ted have put together. I'll say a thing, it's a colossal thing that we've put together. You know, when we look, yeah. when we first looked at it, we were like, wow, we've got so much to do because we want to offer so much value of it. So basically, in a nutshell, what it is, is the HMO you saw on the live yesterday, the house, which is pretty much going back to brick and being renovated as a, as a new six-bed HMO, all with ensuite singing, dancing, interior designers, all looking great. So what we've decided to do is off the back of that, we have a five-day experience. We're calling it a five-day experience. The five days don't run consecutively together. They are tied in with schedule deadlines on the build. So day one would be where you see the site where it's just been cleared out. There's a hell of a lot of uh, classroom-based stuff that we're doing on day one as well. The day We've got the packs. If anybody's interested, we'll send you across the pack for it. But there's a hell of a lot of stuff on it. Day two, again, is linked with the site when the site moves a little bit further on. We've got certain guest speakers coming in who are industry standard, you know, professionals. People really know who they are. They're doing big things. But you can name some of them. 
yeah, yeah. So we've got um, we've got Shaz from where is where is Shaz looking at the finance? We got my man Safe Rehan from up in Manchester. I think he's live here on this Instagram today. This guy, man, when he talks about figures, I'm telling you, this guy mm, no prisoners. Put, if if anybody thinks they're good at looking at costing, go and speak to Safe Man because this guy will just blow your mind at how he looks. He's an accountant by trade, so he's used to figures, but this guy can price a project so so close to the budget and it amazes me his level of thinking and how deep he is so we've got him coming in doing a talk and talking about costing a project basically what it is we're looking at showing people what you would do from taking a house that's got a shitty wall to being a full-on house ready to rent to a tenant we're going to take you through the whole process everything so, now so we're looking this at isn't... like every step right you want to mindset yeah. systems process two two days are very very refurb heavy so soil stacks um the heating the the overflow tanks whatever you call them you put in your hmos um the electrics how how to build in en suites how to look at space um how to find the deal back at the start how to then get it rented out the legislation the changes that are coming up basically t- how what james said how to take a house from zero to hero and to show you physically every step along the way and actually to show you the inevitable problems that are going to happen and the inevitable yeah. issues that we are going to not, not going to be new to us, but they will be new to this project. They won't necessarily be anticipated. You're going to walk on site with us one day for the first time we've walked on it and be like, is that supposed to be like that? And we're going to say, no, it fucking isn't. What is this? <laughs> right? Like it's, I know it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I just know it is. Um, so there's a lot of value to add from, you know, it's, it is a HMO experience. So it is mainly about HMOs. However, of course I don't do HMOs. I'm, I'm a buy to let dude. So there will be a lot of general learning and the five days are split. So you can do day one, three, five, whatever, or do all five. We've got 10 spaces and we have five people who have passed the questionnaire application stage. We've got to do a phone call with all of them, but from what I, I think I know most of them, I have a feeling they're probably going to pass the telephone stage as well. So I think five of the spaces are gone. Um, it is over, you know, sort of six to 10 weeks, I think, depending on the stages of the HMO. Um, so it's not just five consecutive days. We're trying to do weekends just because not everyone is full-time property. Um, but some other guest speakers, we have Safe Rahan coming, we have Shaz. We have another guest speaker, which I can't reveal yet, but oh, hold on, hold on. Be... We, got, we got the property apprentice, Craig Sullivan. Big up the grafters. The original grafter. Yeah. Original, original OG, original grafter. Yeah, if you don't yeah, follow yeah. him, go He's check him 90, out. He's got 90 HMOs and 330 tenants. So if somebody knows something about managing tenants, it's this guy. And he has a very, very small fail rate. Mm, that's your boy. Um, and then we've got another, uh, someone who's coming to talk about interior design and branding your space and making it look sexy. But undisclosed person yet but believe us you know who they are and lastly we have my big sister big up spot the dave um who is going to come and she has just finished her if you just messaged me i think her 11th hmo um in a in a year and a half she sourced them she's managed them her refurbs cost 90 grand so we've got such a range of people who are big who are small who've done different things different aspects as well as us as well as you know us which are obviously good we're all right we have some amazing people that are going to come and deliver value to you. And that's got the food and the social and the drinks. There's going to be socials. James is going to get pissed. Um, James's James's mom might make a guest appearance and pick him up from the the floor (laughs) of the pub. Um, And there's going to be, apparently there's going to be some samosa. I've heard rumors, maybe Benir. I mean, I'm not trying to entice you, but 
I would go for the food simply and networking. So James, that is our HMO experience. If people want to know more about it, um, message me or James, the person you message is your favorite of the duo. So pick oh, wisely, up, people man. pick wisely. Um, message James though. He loves, he loves, uh, admin work, sending emails and we'll send you out a pack and we'll send you the questionnaire and we can go from there. There's five, there's five spaces left. It's actually limited spaces, like just because of the actual space in we the want, house. We want it to be quite a small kind of event as well where we can really focus our attention. And if you have it, when you look at the HMO pack that we'll send out to you, you'll see how in-depth it is because even we're looking at it sometimes and thinking, wow, there's a lot to fit in one day. So it's going to be full on, full on, full on. And we're going to talk about everything that other people don't talk about. So you, we're going to mm. tell you it all as it is all the fuckeries that happen, everything that could go wrong, all the good stuff, no hiding, nothing. You're going to see it. And then hopefully you're going to see a physical finished product at the end of it if everything goes right. <laughs> Which is not going to. Um, no. And there's no upsell because we don't have anything to sell. We don't like, this is just a one-off thing we're doing. We're trying, we're innovating, trying to disrupt. Um, and there is going to be, there's rumor of some merchandise, perhaps useful merchandise, not just free pens some goodies, and shit, but actual, yeah, yeah useful stuff my book might be my book might be released then you might get a signed copy yeah signed copy sharpie little sharpie right james when did you put that in i I just put it in now mate i just like live live exclusive right james um we have forgotten again to ask people to do something what is it uh we'll pose for you please take a screenshot share it on socials tag us both in please model pose model pose (laughs) cool thank you so much for joining us on episode 16 of the property duo Uh, any questions any feedback any topics you want us to cover please send us a message please leave a review for both of our podcasts on facebook and on uh, any apple device and we shall see you next week bye-bye everybody thanks for tuning in to the j2 hub podcast with james sahota if you like the podcast Feel free to subscribe so you never miss another podcast from James. And if you got value from this podcast, do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you consume your podcast content from. And remember, you're never too late to become something you truly want to become.